are about to finish up our review of the Netflix docuseries Sons of Sam, A Descent into Darkness, and what a wild ride it has been. These last two episodes really explore the meat of the cult conspiracy surrounding the case, some of the media involvement, and the ultimate toll of a story this dark on the journalists that brought this case to its knees. We will be given our final review of this documentary, where it hits its target, and where it missed the mark. So let's jump in. I'm Alyssa. I'm Erin. And, and we, we are Crime TV. All right. So, episodes three and four. Mm. Let's go. So, episode three already got me fucked up because they asked John Carr's sister um, if like she thinks that her brother was involved and she's like well can't really deny if he's dirty or not I have two brothers and if they were even potentially involved in some kind of tomfoolery like this case I'd be like no my brothers are saints no you would defend them? I would defend them because I know how my brothers are. In so, a cult serial killer investigation, you would cover up for someone. I don't think either of my brothers would be involved in that kind of thing. So she knew that her brothers were crazy. Well, I mean, yeah, if they're not involved. But I'm just saying, like, if you were in her shoes and your brothers really were that insane, you would cover up for them? I would snitch. If, if I knew with confidence that they were culty, then... Yeah, I think that I would probably sing like a canary, but... Okay, so you would snitch too? Yeah. If I thought they were doing bad shit, they were hoodlums, little bad babies, then yeah. Okay. Moot point, then let's move on. So, it's not a crime to be a Scientologist. It's not? <laughs> that sounded like a question, but I didn't mean for it to. <laughs> I meant to just be like, it's not? Whatever I it's, it sounds like a question no matter how I say it. It's not. Whenever I look at arrest.org each morning to see if my former classmates have been arrested the night prior, I'm like, oh my God, that kid that used to try to bully me in high school, arrested for Scientology. I knew it. (laughs) This episode took a wild tangent, and you know what? I didn't appreciate it. Why did we have to have 30 minutes on Scientology when actually that... At the end of it, it had nothing to do with anything. Yeah, what the real crime here is not Scientology. It's this big-ass tangent on Scientology and the process. Seriously, I understand they were trying to show that it was a spinoff, if you will, of that religion that started the cult. But who were the people? We had these two random founders of Sons of Sam or the, the something else. There was a whole other name. I've forgotten it because I was so lost and honestly didn't care so whenever they started to get into the scientology and the process i was like okay i'm kind of following but you're going too fast i need you to slow down so that i can catch up well also at this point we've had an episode and a half or more where david berkowitz is not even mentioned and i'm just like hello 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 is anybody home this whole documentary is the son of sam a descent into darkness and it's about him and his journey into becoming a serial killer or that's how it's portrayed to us well that's how it's supposed to be 
if you if you watch the trailer, if you read the description, mm-hmm. and then here we are learning about Scientology for fifty minutes. Whenever they got into the discussion about Charles Manson and his involvement, I absolutely lost interest. This is like this discussion is so intricate that I could not completely keep up with all of it. It was straight elevator music in my head. <laughs> After that, I was like. just nothing well they started talking about how i think they started it with the car brothers and saying how the these groups this cult may have gone after them for revealing certain information Mm -hmm. and it did bring scientology into that discussion and honestly um i have problems with that because i don't think it's fair to suggest that Scientologists would murder people over a spill of information. Was it not literally last year that Leah Remini did a whole documentary herself about her experience with Scientology and why she left? If they were murdering people for talking about it, they'd be dead people. Right. It just seemed like they were trying to pen this entire thing on Scientology. And sure, everyone talks about Scientology and some of its more well-known issues that we won't get into on this podcast. But I don't know. I felt like they were throwing an entire religion under a bus here. And it's like, calm down. That's not even what this is about. Mm-mm. I'm not here for this. I would watch a documentary on Scientology if I wanted to learn this much about Scientology. Leave me alone. You know what's a good intersection of the two? Yeah, What? murder among the mormons say that five times fast that's on netflix okay maybe we'll do that one one day i I really couldn't keep a whole lot of notes on the cult stuff so if you want to speak on the cult stuff that works well i don't want to speak on the cult stuff i do think it's worth noting though that in this episode this was where we find the female victim in the church Mm -hmm. who had been sexually assaulted and left in the back of the church arliss perry arliss perry thank you i'm really bad with names And that was one of the things that kind of connected the Carr brothers. And I do think that's important for when we get to the very end of the fourth episode. That's going to come up. So we needed to bring it up. Because this, see, like, the third episode, if they wanted to go into it, do the third episode on Perry. That was interesting. Let me know about the evidence they found, the investigation they did on that. If you want that to be a third episode, do that. Not 40 minutes on a cult and then 20 minutes on an actual crime that would have been of interest to hear about. You know what really sealed the deal for me in this investigation of Arliss Perry? Tell me. Is when they fingerprint the security guard who found her. And when it comes back as not a match, they're like, oh, that's our list. That, that was our one guy. We got nothing else for you. Like, why was he, why was the security guard the one that they were like, yeah, he may have had something to do with it. Let's, let's test him. Well, I think, wasn't it because he was the only one on shift at the church? He was the only other person in the building at that time. But see, we don't have these answers because they didn't tell us. It's all vague. They skirted over this entire crime and I would have liked to know more about what was going on there. But instead they were just like, Ah, yes. This girl was murdered and we fingerprinted one guy and it wasn't it, so we just kind of left that one alone. Assumed it was the Carr brothers. What? What? None of that follows. Mad. Big mad. Mad. All right. Fourth episode. Oh, you got some more things. Yeah. Tell me your things. Do we want to talk about the irony it is 
that a serial killer, a.k.a. David Berkowitz, was concerned for his father's life despite all the lives that he had already taken. Say it again. <laughs> Can you use an incident? <laughs> so there comes a point where David Berkowitz makes a statement that he can't say much else because he's concerned for the lives of his family. And do we want to talk about the irony that it is that a serial killer was concerned for his father's life despite all the lives he had taken previously? I mean, isn't that just come with the fucked up nature of being a serial killer? Like, you still love people? He's not Dexter. He he still cares about people, just not the people he shot. Did you watch Dexter? He killed people in his family. I did watch that. Well, you know what? That was a sham fucking... You know what? That's not what this is about. Don't get me started. That's not what we're here for. That was a crap ending, though. Poll on Twitter coming soon. Did you think the ending of Dexter was crap? The answer is yes. If your answer is not yes, don't vote in the poll. Because it was crap. Look, you got me started. But that's what I'm saying. He's not Dexter. He he has feelings and he's not going to kill his family. He still wants his family to be safe even though he did horrible things. In the last episode, we talked about how wild the 1970s and 1980s were across the board. Truly the most wild. And then I, I like the retired New York Police Department detective, Don Mounts. He tells us everyone was doing coke. Everybody. Everybody in New York City was doing coke. I mean, fair. It's like, um, sir, I see the... The title underneath your name and you just be like yeah no big deal everybody was doing coke he's probably doing coke probably that's why he was so nonchalant about it yeah but it's fucking doing it no one would have been in court and going to jail over coke in the 80s 70s nope. and 80s that was an everybody inf- was doing it everybody was doing coke now i know Oof, friend we have got to talk about this part what lay it on me so Maury Terry. Maury Terry. Investigative journalist, true or false? True. Okay. Maury Terry, forensic scientist, true or false? False. Oh, good job, friend. Thank you. So why the hell did they go to that side of that murder and he's climbing fucking trees, getting evidence out of the tree? That Bible? You can't see me, but I'm giving Alyssa a completely blank stare because I have no recollection of that. Did I fall asleep during that? Fuck. I might have. I got really bored at the end of this. I'm not going to lie to you, and it was late. You dumb bitch. (laughs) But so, he's not a forensic scientist. No, he's not. He is a investigative journalist, and we use that term loosely. He was investigating what was in a tree. He was pulling shit out of a tree. He probably, had, did he have gloves on? No. He just like, hey, gee, look at this shit. He's <laughs> throwing it or whatever. And so th- that goes back to our discussion about John Bonet, where it's like, if you're not a cop, if you're not crime scene tech, if you're not law enforcement in any shape or form, don't be fucking with crime scene shit. Yeah, stay away from the crime scene. You would not want me on your crime scene because I'd be like, oh, what is this shiny thing on the floor? Oh, that's the murder weapon. Oh, shit. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know better. You know better. I do know better. You would be behind the caution tape like a good citizen. Yeah. I'd be like, y'all need some help. I'll be here. Y'all, I got my own podcast. I help. (laughs) So, episode four starts with 
the interview that Berkowitz had 16 years after being silent. Or he has after being silent for 16 years. Is this the one that we actually saw? Yeah. Okay. Because I know Mari had talked to him. Mari had been talking to him. So I wasn't sure if this was. But yeah, this is the one that they actually had on video. Yeah. The craziest part to me was how normal Berkowitz seemed. Well, that's the thing that I noted. Is that after the third episode where they talked about Charles Manson and them kind of running in the same crowd. I almost expected Berkowitz to act like Manson did in interviews. And I'm not sure if you've seen those videos, but he gets up and like starts dancing, hollering, yelling at people, acting just absolutely freaking nutso. That's how he acts in almost every interview. He's never cool. He just like (laughs) off his rocker. Never plays it cool. Charles Manson never plays it fucking cool. And that's exactly how I thought Berkowitz was going to be because they run in the same circle, allegedly. But no, he was like, yeah, so um, my name's Paul. I work at the Best Buy. Like, he gave very normal guy vibes. He would wear an Old Navy t-shirt and white New Balances to <laughs> July 4th. <laughs> well, yeah, and he, I think Mario Terry even asked him a question about the cult stuff. And he was like, yeah, no, I don't. I'm not. That's not me anymore. I don't believe any of that. That was me in my whole stage. I'm just trying to live my life. And he seemed very remorseful. Yeah. And it was kind of an odd thing to hear from someone you know is labeled as a serial killer. Because he was literally like, you know, I was young and I made mistakes. And it's something that someone says when they stole something from a gas station at 16, not mm-hmm. something someone says when they shot a bunch of people at 20. Underage drinking. Yeah, kind of it's he. but that was the tone and manner he gave for this interview. It was just kind of like, well, you know, I got into a bad place. I got into the wrong crowd. I did some things that I regret. And I've moved on with my life, you know? And it was very, just very normal. Very nonchalant. I don't hate the guy. Am I a bad person for saying that? No, because in the interview, you're like, I kind of like this guy. But then you're like, no, serial killer. No. Yeah, I mean, it's not that I like him as a person. It's just, it was just very strange to see someone you know has done all these insane, terrible things. Mm -hmm. Just talk about it normally. Really compartmentalize that part of his life. And that was kind of interesting to see. And then it was kind of interesting that Maury Terry had this discussion where he listed all the victims. He's like, did you kill him yesterday? And he went through all the list. And he was going hard on him. And this poor guy's like, I don't want to talk about it, dude. It is in the past. Right. I am sorry. This is not my jam anymore. I'm just trying to do my time. Get out of here. And Maury Terry's like, this person, this person, this person, this person. Did you kill them? Did you kill them? Did you kill them? Did you kill them? And he's like, <sighs> he's like, oh, my God. My anxiety. He's like, Can I go back to my cell? <laughs> this dude's crazy. Right. <laughs> but he only connected himself to... Or, to the attacks of three out of the eight victims. Yeah. And I believed him, too. You know yeah. what? I really do. I think that he only killed those three people. So maybe he doesn't even qualify as serial killer. Nope. Still three. thought it was more than three. Three or more. Dang, I can't get this right. Yeah. So, by definition, he's a serial killer. <laughs> three Oreos. That is okay. Three killings. That is not okay. Fair enough. So, he also confirmed in this interview that the Carr brothers were, in fact, involved. 
Yes. Like, wow. It is all coming together. Which was big because they had no they had no real connection to the Carr brothers. I mean, they had suspicions and stuff, but they had no real confirmation, especially since they were both dead. Yeah. And so we go through three and a half hours of Maury Terry. He's got this fantastic theory. He is speaking the truth. We are doing the damn thing. Maury Terry is on this shit. And then the last 30 minutes, everybody takes a big oh shit on Maury Terry. Yeah. Well, I don't understand how his version of the events and what he discovered in his reporting fell apart so heavily. I mean, David Berkowitz himself confirmed pretty much everything Maury Terry had been saying the whole time. So why... I didn't understand why no one believed that. And then all these journalists were saying that his interview style when talking to Berkowitz was leading Berkowitz to say whatever Maury wanted. I mean, it was aggressive and and you could kind of tell that Berkowitz didn't want to be answering the questions, but I didn't get the sense that he was being led to answer anything by any means. It it was just kind of crazy how Maury Terry's story fell apart. I didn't actually understand how it fell apart to the degree that it did. It was just all those journalists and law enforcement officers all of a sudden shitting on him, which I just invested nearly four hours of my life to believing Maury Terry. I'm like, yeah, this guy's onto something. Only for it to be torn down within 20 minutes. I was like, you know what? I'm kind of taking this personally right now. Well, it is kind of insane that they devoted this entire documentary to what Maury Terry found. And and then, yeah, the last 30 minutes, he's dying and everyone's like, he was a crazy son of a bitch and then he's dead. He was alone. Yeah, like he was alone. It killed him. The stress. He devoted his entire life to this. He was an idiot. He blah, 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 blah. And then it ends with like, he died. And you're like, what? Yeah, and I get like more Terry. He was theorizing all of the sun, the Sam Webb, and he probably felt some kind of societal obligation to get to the bottom of it. But he also let it consume his life, and I think that he probably wasn't a crazy man until he let this consume his life. Which is exactly why I can't go into any type of criminology, victimology, nothing of the sort. So I have a podcast. Well, you know what? I just thought about this while you were talking. Uh-huh. I wonder if the descent into darkness was a reference to a cult or to Maury Terry's obsessive infatuation with this case or yeah. both. That's literally what I was just thinking, too, when I was waiting to say it, is that this documentary could have easily have been named Maury Terry, A Descent into Darkness, which is basically what it was. I mean, we had the first episode about David Berkowitz, the last episode about Maury Terry, uh, and the two episodes in between about the the, cults. the media and the cults. So, I mean, really, yeah, probably could have been about either one of them, but it was boring. And we have to talk about the very, very ending. We open up to, I want to say, what, 2009? Body cam police footage from 2009. They are knocking on the door of a condo. 
and there's a guy behind the door who says he's putting his clothes on and then we hear a gunshot and they play a little bit more of the body cam footage and this documentary ends with the arrest of the security guard in the Arliss Perry case and he commits suicide with the SWAT team outside of his door getting ready to arrest him for her murder. And my assumption is that if you were innocent, you wouldn't kill yourself before police can get to you. Yeah. So my assumption is he is guilty. My next question is, was the fingerprint technology so poor in the 80s that it would have said it wasn't a match when, in fact, it was? Well, I know that in... What led them to his arrest? Well, like in the Night Stalker case, they were talking about having to manually look at fingerprints to compare them there was no codis or any other forensic technology that did that kind of stuff for you automatically so i could see where there might be a mistake made by whoever examined those fingerprints and was like oh no it's not a match but it could have just been a misidentification yeah that's true i guess possibly i wonder so they kind of showed that randomly my question is what led them to re-examine him as a suspect even They don't give us a single inkling. And I mean, we have no clue why they re-examined him because the David Berkowitz case was over and done by 2009. Right. Again, I'm left with more questions than I have answers for at the end of a true crime documentary. And unless I'm going into it knowing it's an unsolved case, I don't want to be left with more questions. I didn't like that. that's right. I hated that. I mean, what the actual F? So, my final thoughts for this documentary. It was boring. The timeline was horribly put together. It wasn't consistent. I mean, we have only one episode on David Berkowitz. We have a whole episode on irrelevant cult information. Irrelevant in my opinion. I'm sure if I was that interested in cults, I could find a different, better documentary on cults. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to go watch this for that. Overall, was not pleased. Yeah, I kind of had hopes during the first episode. I I was like, okay. First episode should have been it. First episode? Could have opened shut. That was it. That would have been a great David Berkowitz documentary right there. Son of Sam documentary. But I think that I'm a pretty intelligent woman. I'm not stupid by any means. No, you're not. But whenever I was watching this documentary, especially late second episode to the end of the third episode, I felt like my brain was running on Windows 1. I was like, I, I, this is getting real deep into the dark web, basically, and I don't understand what's happening. So immediately, I kind of fell off on the documentary at really the beginning of the third episode yeah. because I just wasn't understanding anymore. I think that it got really intricate in those discussions around the cults, and they just kind of assumed we would catch on. It would be like if you didn't take Calculus 1 and you went straight to, like, Calculus 3. Yeah, well, I mean, if cults are not your thing and it's not something you're versed in, which I am not. Nope. I think it it went into a lot of backstory context around cults that wasn't relevant for this documentary in case because by the end of it the end story that we really get from david berkowitz himself was he got in the wrong crowd in a bad place in his life the cult gave him at the time what felt like friends and people to lean on and support him 
and he ended up doing bad shit because of it. And that's, like, basically all you need to know. Yeah. Which, in retrospect, we use cults here, but why couldn't we just use the term gang? All the same thing. You have some kind of crime you gotta commit for initiation, and it's a brotherhood of some sort. I mean, in this instance, yeah, I would say it's very close to how a gang would operate. Seemingly. I... <laughs> what's what's your final rating? <sighs> okay, well it's tea time. It is tea time, yes. So today I'm drinking some Earl Grey from Big Lou. Ooh, Earl Grey, that's a new one for you. I'm broadening my horizons. What is the difference between Earl Grey and English breakfast? I thought they were the same. Do you know the difference? Uh, I mean, I can Google it after this. <laughs> UK listeners, I do see that we have a few of you. Uh, UK listeners, can you weigh on? Is there a difference between Earl Grey and English breakfast tea? Thank you. Erin, what tea are you drinking today? I have actually found this jasmine tea. Mm. It's caffeinated, so I'm probably going to be up for a while. Shouldn't have drank it at night. Nice. Uh, But you know, I like to live on the wild side. So I got my jasmine tea, a little bit of milk and sugar today. Probably too much sugar. It's probably not the proper way to drink jasmine tea, but... So who wants to get their rating first? I'll go first. Go ahead, sis. Pop I'm off. I am giving this documentary a one. I'm and, going to concur with you with a one. And it gets a one star for the one episode that was first good. First episode. Yes. Same. I just, from beginning to end, it felt pointless. It felt erratic. And somehow, at the same time as being erratic, it felt... It was boring. Son of Sam, Descent into Darkness was a very misleading title. It should have been Maury Terry and the fuckery that surrounds. Uh, it should have been Netflix has stopped trying with its true crime documentaries. Right. I would have just liked to have seen more of the investigation I in think, the Brickwoods cases. And maybe that's a personal thing for you and I. We tend to like and gravitate towards the documentaries that do more of the investigation, the forensics, the autopsies. Like, that's more you and I's bread and butter, more than context and situations around crimes. I don't want theories. I want facts. So maybe that's just a personal preference. We should run a poll on that, too. Let's see what you guys think. Like, do you prefer more forensic-based crime documentaries? Or do you get on board with the context situational crime docs? Let us know. Other than that... Erin, where can the people find us? You can find us at Crime TV on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. And if you have extra long comments that are not going to fit in 150 characters, you can also email us at crimetv at gmail.com. T-E-A-V for everything, as always. And Alyssa, what does everyone need to watch for next week's episode? So we're going to change it up a little bit. We are going to be heading over to Discovery Plus. Yay! If you don't have it, it's only $4 a month or... Talk to your friends. I'm sure somebody's got it. Unlimited seats on the Discovery Plus profiles. Free trial week. So. Whatever you gotta do, homies. The staircase. Discovery Plus. Aaron has been requesting it since we started this journey three months ago. Yes, I have. This is... I am ready for this one. This one has been my my request. 
and I am so ready for you guys to hear it. Anyway, so get ready for that next week. Episodes are going to drop Monday, 4 a.m. CST as always, and we will see you guys later. I'm Alyssa. I'm Erin. And And that's that's the tea. tea.